Hello, this is Josh Gondelman. No, I'm sorry, I'm Josh Gondelman, and this is Make My Day, a comedy game show. The world is a bad place, and we try to make it a little more fun for about half an hour every week. The way it works is I play a game with one guest who is guaranteed to win because they're the only contestant. I assign them points for every question I ask based on how much they cheer me up specifically. The winner and only contestant at the end gives a pep talk to cheer up the person of their choice or the group of their choice because this isn't all about me, it's just mostly about me. They also win a $100 donation to the cause of their choice. My guest today is a senior writer for ESPN and the host of The Low Post, my personal favorite basketball podcast. Welcome to Make My Day, Zach Lowe. I'm thrilled. I'm so excited to have, I need the same distraction. We all need, we all need some fun, some good times. Thank you. Thanks for being here. How are you holding up covering, at, at the moment we're recording, there's no basketball happening, but you're still reporting on podcasting on basketball. How are you holding up? Yeah, everyone, all of my friends who don't really know how the sports business works are like, wow, you must have nothing to do. Are you working out five times a day? Are you, you know, <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm super busy. And like the, whether the NBA comes back or not is a big story. We all just, we were just talking about how we've been living in the nineties and I wrote a bunch of bulls 90s Bulls content that was super fun to write about. So I've been pretty busy. The difference is when nighttime comes and my work is kind of done for the day, like 10 o'clock, I, I, I just check out. We open up a bottle of wine and instead of basketball, we watch something else. Oh, that's very nice. What's the best thing you've watched lately? I'm not embarrassed to say it anymore. My wife, at the recommendation of a few of our friends, has been urging me during this time of non-basketball to try the Great British Bake Off. And to my great astonishment, I am completely addicted to the Great British Bake Off. I'm all, I'm all in. And I know I one of my colleagues at ESPN, who shall not be named, is a closet Bake Off fan. And I have told him or her that when it comes back, we are doing a Bake Off recap podcast. Yes. Oh, that's so exciting. It is like all the like drama of sports with no stakes. <laughs> yeah. It's so... No prize. It's just the love of the game. Yeah, that's right. I guess, they, what do they get anything? I don't know. They never talk about it on the they show. They get a plate. They get like a Wimbledon champion plate. That's about it, I think. And they get famous. They get to be bakers for their job, basically. Let's jump into today's game. Today's game is called Hoop Dreams. Zach, you have an incredibly keen eye for the game of basketball, both in terms of gameplay and aesthetics. In today's game, you will have the opportunity to design a dream NBA franchise from the ground up. I will award your answers points based on creativity, ambition, and general delightfulness and excitement. Zach Lowe, are you ready to play Hoop Dreams? Well, I can't lose, so I have to be ready. I'm ready. That's right. Yeah, it would be it would be a twist for this podcast if you were like, <laughs> not ready. You're like, I thought we were going to bake. First question. Let's start with this crucial issue. What animal, weather event, mythological creature, or other would be your team's name? Would, would your team name draw inspiration from, and what would be the mascot? So I'm going to be boring and NBA obvious, but I think it's necessary. Mm -hmm. And my mascot is going to be the Supersonics because we're bringing back the Sonics. My, or my name. My mascot, I haven't decided because I was never a big fan of the Sonics woolly mammoth style mascot. So I might play around with the Sonic noise and theme a little bit more but my my team name i'm not saying we're gonna be in seattle but we okay. almost have to be but we're going to be the supersonics because we just like the world needs the sonics back everybody loves the sonics we need the sonics back 
I think that's a great choice. I also love that you haven't committed yet to Seattle, although to have the Supersonics <laughs> in another city would be absolutely heartbreaking to an just entire stay, city. Just stay tuned for my plan. <laughs> I'm excited to hear how this all unfolds, but I love the idea of you going, well, we're going to do it, but it's going to be in Spokane. And uh, sorry, guys. Uh, the Sonics, I think that's a wonderful idea. It's it's a classic. It's perfect. And this is a 19-point answer. Oh, Okay. Yes, huge. Uh, Even without the mascot, we'll see if it fills in later. Next question. If this doesn't get you in too much trouble with fandoms across the country and across North America, what city that doesn't currently have an NBA team would you want your franchise to be located in? The Supersonics. So we're going to, the Supersonics, the Zach Lowe Supersonics, (laughs) writing a a historical wrong, uh, Mm -hmm. will play, but we're going to write two historical wrongs at once. Okay. I love this. We're going to play 75% of our home games and all of our playoff games in Seattle. But we are going to play 10-ish home games a year in another city that the NBA abandoned that I've actually never been to, but seems to be a city where I would like to spend a lot of time, and that's San Diego. So we're going to be the San Diego-Seattle Supersonics, or the Seattle Supersonics co-starring San Diego or something. We're going to play 10 home games in San Diego, where the Clippers used to be, because I've never been to San Diego. I want an excuse to go. People say it's literally the perfect weather all of the time. Uh, so that's that's my plan. If that offends the Seattle people, I, I'm sorry. I'm doing. I'm, this is a fantasy show. I'm going to make it my team. I think this is exactly what you're supposed to do. I think you you've done right by you. You've done right by the people of Seattle and San Diego. Seattle for non basketball aficionado listeners. The SuperSonics moved and became the Oklahoma City Thunder in what was it? Oh eight. Yes, it was Kevin Durant's second season. Yeah, uh, uh, right. Kev- uh, Kevin Durant played his rookie year in Seattle. This is a great choice. I would say your answer, 75% of the points for this answer go to Seattle. That's 15 points. 25% of your points for this answer go to San Diego. That's another five points. A 20-point answer. Have you Try ever been to San Diego, Josh? I have. The weather is beautiful. It is like as advertised. Okay, I'm in. I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy about my plan. <laughs> I'm glad I have convinced you that your answer was the right one. <laughs> yeah. Next question. What kind of team owner would you be in terms of where does your billion dollars come from? What's your persona courtside and in the media? So I tried to find a way to make billions of dollars by solving annoying everyday problems. And I couldn't, I couldn't find one. Like, you know, the idea struck me when I was, uh, my wife and daughter made chocolate muffins and I had to clean the muffin pan. And I was like, this is the single worst kind of dish to clean. It takes me like half an hour to clean up, but I couldn't, there's no billion dollar idea. So my fantasy has always been, and I haven't, I, I want to be careful. I haven't thought this out quite enough, Okay. but if you could help me invent one commercial good, it would be an affordable matter transporter that wipes away the entire travel industry. So if I want to go to see the Detroit Pistons play, I get in my matter transporter that costs a hundred bucks or something. And I type in the coordinates of where to go and bam, I'm in Detroit. Then I go home. Think about how great that would be. Now I haven't thought it out because if you wanted to commit various heinous crimes that are too far away for you to commit, there's probably some downsides to this. I haven't thought through, but I invented a matter transporter that allows people to see their loved ones anywhere in the world at any time at a low cost. And now I'm a billionaire. That's incredible. $100 is such an accessible price point. It's like cheaper than a, a monthly Metro Pass. <laughs> yeah, I, I may be underpricing my, uh, no, no, my I, invention, I, but it probably starts off super expensive. And then we learn, we understand the technology and find mm-hmm. ways to make, you know, yeah. make it cheaper. The way DVD players are now like eight bucks. <laughs> there could be usage plans. You can use it mm-hmm. X times or month. You know, we, we can tinker with the no, idea. I, that's my I idea. Love, 
I love keeping the price point low. I think that that will be part of your success and belovedness as a billionaire. And what's your persona when you're when you're doing media appearances and watching so, games? So I'm gonna be a background owner. I'm not right. gonna sit. I'm not gonna sit courtside. I'm mm-hmm. not gonna cheer. I'm gonna sit in a luxury box, even though that separates me from the fans, because I don't want to be part of the show. I don't mm-hmm. want my players to see me reacting to stuff. I don't want my coach to see me reacting to stuff. I don't want the temptation to yell at the referees, and I don't want to like. I don't want to be one of those billionaires who like pretends to be a man of the people. Sure. And, so like, oh, I'm just a fan, blah, blah. I'm going to watch in my little sanctum, but I'm going to, when the camera hits me, they're going to see me behaving like a normal crazed fan, but I'm going to mm-hmm. watch up there with food and, and, and I'm, and I'm only going to do media when I have to do media. When we mm-hmm. make a big decision as a franchise, a big trade, or the GM's getting hammered for something that's actually my fault and my decision, or we don't pay the luxury tax because I'm being a cheapskate, which hopefully never <laughs> happens. I'm going to step up and do those or when there's some sort of social political issue in our market that I think is important for me to address, then I will step up. But I'm not going to be in the media a lot. I'm not going to be out there just to be out there. I'm going to stay in the background. I love this. This is a great answer on all fronts. 16 points. 12 points for the invention, which I think is incredible. Even better than a self-cleaning muffin tin. <laughs> I couldn't think of a good... I, the muffin tin itself is not going to make me a billion dollars. I needed to expand it to many household ideas and yep. like and at like fitted sheets and things that are super annoying, but I couldn't. I also immediately was like, well, a muffin tin with no bottom for the muffins that just cook the tops, and now I'm just doing Seinfeld. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I didn't think of that. <laughs> no, I it, I just went there and was like, well, of course that idea has been had. Uh, you, you navigated it beautifully. Uh, so 12 points for your idea of a matter transporter that's affordable for people to have in their homes. Four points for a background owner. Not an ostentatious amount of points, but an effective amount of points. Thank you. You're welcome. Next question. I've heard you talk about this a lot with existing franchises, and I want to give you your chance to start from scratch here. What is the color scheme for your in-arena decor, the court, the seats, etc.? And this can extend to the uniforms as well. My favorite uniform in all of sports is the Celtics green uniforms. Green is my favorite color. The simplicity of those is beautiful. So since we're the Sonics and I like green, we're just going to mimic the Sonics old color scheme. We're going to have green and yellow or green and green and yellow. And our seats are also going to be green and yellow in a checkered pattern. The court, we're going to change the court frequently. Uh, We're going to have alternate courts, but our base court is going to be simple. We're not fucking around with (laughs) the wood inside the three-point art has some crazy shadow logo Mm -hmm. or is a different shade than the wood in the middle of the court. It's going to be a simple court, wooden all the way around, green paint, and the the yellow edges of the paint like the Sonics had occasionally. We're going to have the yellow edges of the paint. That's it. We're not putting, there's no logo on our court, there's no corporate logo uh, on our right court. On. Our team logo is going to be on a court where the arena name or whatever BS, we're not putting a bank's name on the court. We're not putting, if we put a name on the court, it's going to be a franchise legend for whom the court is named. And that's it. Oh, that's beautiful. Not even the name of your matter transporting no, company. No, no. <laughs> Which I think should be called Logo, L-O-W-E hyphen G-O. That's pretty good. Just a pitch. <laughs> That's pretty I, good. I think this is classic. That That is a 17-point answer. I think it's beautiful. It's classic. Next question. There's like all these NBA legends about ways that home teams make their opponents less comfortable, right? Like the Celtics keeping the, the temp. There was the, uh, gosh, what was the one that 
in San Antonio with with LeBron where they like let the arena get hot or something? Well, that's a conspiracy theory. The air conditioning the air conditioning broke down (laughs) in game one of the NBA finals in San Antonio, um, which means it was 2014. And LeBron cramped up. And, and couldn't finish or couldn't play parts of the game. And the so there's there are these conspiracy theories, but they're kind of based, they're rooted in like how uncomfortable the visiting locker room at the old Boston Garden and stuff was. So what kind of like subtle psychological or physical advantage would you try to maintain for your team? We're gonna be a little more subtle than the okay. old school Celtics. Number one, we're gonna like we're gonna have a nice visiting locker room. I want the players to be comfortable. And they you know, I don't wanna like I I even as a media person, I don't like cramped, crappy visiting locker rooms. We're gonna mm-hmm. have the players be comfortable. We will occasionally pipe in random haunted house kind of sounds into the <laughs> locker room during like during speeches and things like that. Um the showers will be set to just randomly fluctuate in temperature. Um, mm-hmm. Just to annoy them, huge. Um, we will work. Uh, we will work with at least one. I see. We may have too many five star hotels in our in our markets to really make this happen. But I like the idea of a haunted hotel. Yeah. I like the idea of one of the hotels that is frequented by opposing teams is allegedly haunted, as happens in Oklahoma City with the uh, the Skirvin, which is not the Skirvin anymore, and in Milwaukee, the Fister is allegedly haunted as well. And so we're gonna we're gonna have that, but I don't I don't want to really mess with the game. I thought about like subtly tilting one of the rims, but then mm-hmm. we have to play on that rim for yeah. the other half of the game. It doesn't really work. So I'm I'm gonna be oh, and one thing that I think has lost when we're gonna have as a crowd, we're mm-hmm. gonna have a ritual. Like remember, college crowds do this sometimes when the opposing starting lineup is introduced. Like the fans used to read newspapers, like we're ignoring them, and like mm-hmm. you know the that we're gonna have the PA announcer humiliate the other team as much as possible make up unflattering nicknames for some of their players during, <laughs> during intros and we're gonna we're gonna screw up their starting lineup intros as well i love it just getting their names wrong yeah just george just, just unflattering nicknames i love that that this is incredible these mind games are so good first of all ghosts incredible <laughs> I yeah, had not ghosts. seen this coming. I feel like so few NBA teams currently employ ghosts to their advantage. It's also would be the funniest scandal to get caught in where they'd be like, Zach Lowe, the owner of the Seattle Supersonics, is piping in ghost sounds to the opposing <laughs> locker room. People I don't would be like, think that's a scandal. I don't right. think it's a scandal. I think we're I okay. Think they'd be like, this guy's pretty good. Let him have it. Yeah. Excellent. This is worth 35 points, one of the highest single question totals in Make My Day history. It's <laughs> tremendous. Next question. What food is an absolute must for your arena's concession stand? It can be a staple or something outside the box you've always wanted to see served. I, I don't know a lot about local Seattle or San Diego food, so this is mm-hmm. just going to be me. Uh, we're going to have two two things. Um, number one, we're going to have a rotating selection of craft beers at at least 50% of the beer stands because I want good beer. I want good Great. beer. And we're going to make it affordable. We're not going to charge you $15 for, a, for one of these beers. Um, but it's not going to be like Bud Light, Bud, Coors Light. We're going to have a nice rotating selection of beers because I think that's important. Now, for food, I thought a lot about this because an underrated thing about in arena food is it has to be easy to eat without making a mess. You want to get too huge. You want to get too elaborate with the food. And all of a sudden you you get in tights or pre COVID you were in pretty tight kind confines, Mm -hmm. you know, fork and knife. So I love Indian food. It's one of my favorite. It might be my favorite type of food in the world. And I thought if we could find a local chef to just mass produce the most delicious, but containable samosas, like the simplest sort of like 
the most classic Indian appetizer. You get two of those for 10 bucks or something like that. They're easy to eat. You can eat them with your hands. That's, so I'm going with beer and samosas. That's incredible. Craft beers, 10-point answer, and a 10-point answer for samosas outside the box. This is the kind of thinking that made you a tech billionaire. <laughs> That's right. Next question. What player, active or not, this could be historic to the, the history of your team, has always killed your team when they play, so the fans hate him? Like, who's your dream hometown villain that people just, like, want nasty stories in the local newspaper about him? They want to boo him when he touches the ball. Who is it? Ironically, given the connections between Oklahoma City and Seattle, I think Russell Westbrook is the perfect villain because mm -hmm. I personally have always been like 5% lower on Russ than most of the national media. And he just has a great villain's persona to the point that actually road fans quite like it when he gets his sneering face and chest pounding on. The infuriating thing about a player like Russ, who is a lot of his best scoring games come when his liability, his jump shot, he just happens to have a hot shooting night, which makes it even more frustrating. Like, he's taking the shots we want, and he's still making them, and it's mm -hmm. even doubly frustrating. So he's going to have a lot of big games against us. He's going to preen to the crowd. He's going to make his mean faces. We're all going to hate him. We'll probably have some playoff battles with him. So I think Russ is a good a good villain. I, he's great. I could even see him making the ghost noises out at the crowd, just like as like, I know what you're doing. Well, and also, he has a history, if you remember, going back to what I said about how we're going to clown the opposing team in starting yes. lineups, he has a history going at opposing mascots who try and get a little too clownish for his taste. He got into it with Rocky, the mountain lion in Denver, <laughs> uh, blocking his half-court shot. It's not a bit for Russ. He's actually angry. He's Dude, actually he's mad at the mascot. It. Yeah, he's actually mad angry. at the mascot. Like mad at the person inside the mascot uniform a little bit, but also mad at just the idea of the mascot. Not like this guy is making me look bad, but like this sonic, this sonic boom foam suit is making me look bad. Yeah. So I think, and and I thought about like it would be more funny to have a random player be our villain, like a sure. role player or like a star that's like nobody hates Nikola Jokic. Let's of make course. Nikola Jokic our villain. It's just more fun if it's Russ. Russ is just is a perfect villain. Yeah, he plays hard. He, right, he gets into it. I love this. This is a great answer. 18-point answer right here. Terrific. Next question. What is your franchise player like? I don't want to make you pick sides. I don't want to make you describe anyone specific. But, like, you have a franchise player on this team. Are they a legendarily competitive maniac? Are they a beloved hometown hero? Are they a wildly skilled enigma? Some combination of those three, some other kind of personality type. I think you can get too cute with this answer. Okay, mm -hmm. I think you can get a little too cute. Mm -hmm. I want a franchise player who is immortal, who's larger than life, who's mm -hmm. unrelatable for normal people, who's invincible. And so I, I, when you said, you know, legendary, you know, cold as ice killer, that's what I want. I want the guy who you want to imagine being him because you actually can't imagine being anything like him. It seems like he never fails. The closest thing to Jordan that we can not, no one's ever going to be Michael Jordan, but that kind of persona. It's a great, it's a great persona. I mean, like it is a 10 part documentary worthy persona yeah. in addition to how great the teams were. In, but it, like so, someone who's not relatable, the quirky guy, the, the over, uh, you can overthink this answer. I want totally. the guy who's just a monster. That's great. I love it. That is a 15 point answer. Solid and classic. Next question. Who is your dream regular courtside celebrity? The kind of Jack Nicholson or Spike Lee or Drake of your team. And you can have one for each arena if you want. Yeah, we're going to have a couple because <laughs> I thought I thought <laughs> I thought a lot about this. I don't know if he's committed or not to a team. 
I didn't do that much research for this, Josh. Okay. I'm sorry. I did. I didn't know no, if he's the, committed to and, a team. And if he is, we flip him. Right. So, like, I just started simple. Like, just like, who's the coolest person? Yeah. Who's who's just cool? And I thought about a couple of names, but like, how many people are cooler than Idris Elba? He's he, Very he's cool. he might be the coolest guy, and so he's going to be one of them. Now, I also want a basketball-related celebrity. I don't just want a celebrity celebrity. So, like, an ex-player who happens to live in town and, like, ends up really liking our style of play. Also, when when he or she sits courtside, is going to talk trash and, like, yeah. really be involved and, get like, talk trash at the opposing players, get on the refs. And so I chose no connection to either of these cities, no idea if she would ever want to live in any of these places. I don't care. I'm roping her in. One of my all-time favorite athletes, one of the only people who, when I met her, I, like, crumbled into a pit of nervousness. Diana Taurasi is going to be our other celebrity fan, and she's going to do all those things I described from courtside. So Idris Elba and Diana Taurasi. That's great. I think we, we're pulling from a couple different areas of stardom. Diana Taurasi, competitor, legend. Idris Elba, as you said, incredibly cool, famous, beloved guy. I love this. That's 10 points for each answer. That is 20 points. You are on a roll. Killing it. You're killing it. Next question. We've got a couple more left. Which fictional character, whether they're a coach or not, would you want to coach your team? So I I really wish that I could get more creative about this. And I, and I tried. And I really tried. I wrote a whole list of names. I just, once you throw the word coach at me, my brain just keeps going back to actual coaches. You know, I thought mm-hmm. of other movie villains or movie action heroes. But, I mean, the simplest answer is often the best answer. So I want... Coach Eric Taylor from Friday Night Lights to coach my team. Does he coach football? Yes, I don't care. He can adapt. <laughs> uh, was he a failure as a college coach during his brief tenure at, I don't even remember where he coached in college? Yeah, to, bad failure. Could he adapt to <laughs> coaching professional athletes and not children? I don't know. We're going to see. But I know he's a good coach. He watches a lot of film on the show. Okay, he's a grinder. Mm-hmm. He's not just a motivational guy. He is a motivational guy, but you can see him. He's putting in the work. He's putting in the work. And Tammy Taylor is going to be such a presence in our team's family room, which is going to be the nucleus of activity for us, that I think she's going to help camaraderie. She's going to help our relationship with our star players. So I think the package deal of Eric and Tammy, it's Tammy Taylor, right? Connie Britton's character was Tammy Taylor. Mm -hmm. Eric and Tammy Taylor, are uh, they are going to be my franchise coaches. That's a wonderful answer. It's incredibly sensible, incredibly intuitive. Why mess with success? That's 15 points right there. And it leads directly to our final question, I feel like, because this, this is such a heartwarming story. You've really thought of the narrative, the location of this team. When you win your first championship as the owner of this team, what is the heartwarming team-building ritual that gets talked about in all the post-championship coverage and interviews? Before every playoffs, we're going to go around the locker room and we're going to have each player write a note about what one other player on the team either means to them personally or has to do for us to reach our ultimate goal. And we're going to put all of those, or I haven't thought it quite through it. Maybe everyone gets to pick somebody else, you know, so that everyone gets written about. And we're going to put all that in a lockbox somewhere. And when we win, we're going to all go out to a restaurant. We're going to get a private room. Drinks are going to be flowing. We're going to all go to the restaurant. We're going to open the lockbox and everyone is going to read their statements and see how it fits with you see see how what we wrote before the playoffs feels or what transpired in between, if there's any matching between that. And just we're going to read them aloud. That's going to be our ritual. 
That's beautiful. Also, that would make an incredible like front page of the sports section like two days after the championship. Like exactly. Because the, the, the day of the championship, or excuse me, the morning after, there's going to be like that, whatever the iconic photo from the game or the post game is. Then there's going to be a parade in a couple days that'll lead the that image. But in between, it'll be just like a wall of post-its with all the nice things everybody wrote about each other. Or sometimes maybe they're not nice. Maybe one of them will just be like, hit a fucking jump shot, Daryl. <laughs> Yeah, could be anything. Could be. Fun. In fact, I would encourage go off the beaten path, write funny mm-hmm. things, write personal things, whatever yep. it is. But that's what we're going to do. I love that. That's a beautiful, sincerely a beautiful thing to do for the team. That is a 23-point answer. That is Hoop Dreams. Zach Lowe, you have finished with a total score of 218 points, an incredible performance. That is the all-time make-my-day high score. Thank you for playing. How do you feel? I feel great. I feel I feel like I've won the championship, frankly. I just want to thank God. I want to thank <laughs> Commissioner Commissioner Silver for and I want to thank the fans. It's always it's all about the fans. And um we couldn't do couldn't do it without the fans. I agree. That's a beautiful speech. Probably the most traditional victory speech that's ever been given on the show. <laughs> I don't think anyone's ever like given it up for God before. Yeah, thank God. I love it. As the grand prize winner, you have won a $100 donation to the cause of your choice. Where will the money be going? I am going to dedicate my winnings to the NAACP Legal Defense Fund. They've been fighting injustice and police brutality and racial injustice for a long, long time. They know what they're doing. Great choice. They're an incredible organization that does incredible work. If any listeners want to donate to the NAACP Legal Defense Fund, I will put the link in the show notes. Uh, It is also where Starly Kine donated her winnings last week, so we're on quite a roll here. Our final segment of today's show is the pep talk, of course. We will each give a pep talk to a person or group who deserves it or needs it at this moment. I'll go first. My pep talk is for the worst guy on the court during his regular pickup game. On your best day, you bring a jolt of hustle, tenacity, and lower back sweat to the court. But most days you're outplayed, (laughs) outmuscled, and outsized. It's not your fault that you're destined for a lifetime of being posterized, appearing only as the loser in the highlight film of someone else's glory days. You're trying your best, Your best just isn't very good. This is about me as much as anyone else. And lately, you can't even do the thing you love to be bad at. Sure, you can hit an empty court and shoot around, but that's not what you're in this for. You love the thrill of the competition, the high fives from teammates, getting to hold the court and run it back against a vanquished opponent, even though you're all already winded and you specifically more than most. You love the satisfaction of knowing you're helping the team the most by putting your body on the line and not playing outside your own abilities. The good news is that once you're back out there, you'll be, relatively speaking, as good as ever. Maybe some of the athletes you run with will have lost a step, and the sharpshooters are shooting just a little less sharp. But you'll still be out there diving for rebounds, getting beat on backdoor cuts, and absolutely creamed fighting through screens. And as long as you don't jack up a shot while the game is on the line, everyone will be excited to have you back. Zach Lowe, the floor is yours for a pep talk. Well, mine is much less scripted than that. Now That's I feel okay. now I, always, I feel bad. No, it's my show. I always overwrite. <laughs> so I thought a lot about this, and I was going to give many different people and many different groups pep talks, but I'm going to speak, I'm going to project outward, and I'm going to give a pep talk to parents of only children and only children themselves. This has been a tough couple of months for everybody on a lot of different levels, and like this is a pretty at the pretty low scale of like what's actually a problem, but... I would guess that, you know, we have one five-year-old daughter and, you know, it's been very hard for her. She's been a trooper, but it's been very hard for her to be away from her friends. She doesn't have a sibling yet. And I would imagine that a lot of parents of such children, no matter how well the children are doing, 
are beating themselves up a little bit of have we made a mistake? Isn't it too bad she doesn't have a sibling? Is her social development being stunted? And I want to say, no, everything's going to be all right. There are tons of only children in the world. They all turn out fine. They're all, every kid, every adult's going to have their quirks and habits. You did nothing wrong. Just be there for your kid, have fun with them, play with them, maybe make, you know, long distance play dates for them when it's possible to do it and when it's safe, to, if, if you feel that it's safe to do it. But don't spend any time you're beating yourself up. Don't worry. Everything is going to be fine. The kid is going to be fine. This situation is not going to last forever. School is going to open soon. They're going to get to play again soon. Just don't spend any time beating yourself up and wishing, oh, she, he or she could have a friend in the house. It would be so much better for her. Everything's going to be okay. Don't worry about it. That's wonderful. I mean, heartwarming, necessary, helpful, a great pep talk and a great round of play. Thank you once again. This has been Make My Day. I'm your host, Josh Gondelman. Thank you to this week's champion, Zach Lowe. Zach, where can people find your work if they want to read or listen to it? ESPN.com and uh, just Google The Low Post. That's the name of that, my podcast. And sometimes they actually let me on television, so you'll see me on ESPN too. <laughs> oh yeah, keep your eyes open for Zach on the Jump and other ESPN shows. Wonderful. If you have your own answers, listeners, to today's game of Hoop Dreams, tweet them at me at, at Josh Gondelman. Leave Zach alone. He's a busy guy. No, tweet me. That's that okay. Reply. I just I just won't yeah, look at it, it, but you can tweet, tweet me. Tweet He will not respond, nor will he ever know what you say. Um, thank you again. Make My Day is a Radio Point production produced by Houston Snyder and Naomi Steinberg, executive produced by Alex Bach, Rich Corson, and Daniel Powell. If you like the show, please rate and review it as highly as your conscience allows. We'll be back next week. Until then, have several nice days.